0: This is the Blaze Radio on demand. Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Let's get real. This is America WK with Andrew WK on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello there. This
1: is Andrew WK, and this is America. WK. But this whole thing is my first ever radio program, and if you're tuning in for the second time with me here, I just can't thank you enough. Uh, last week, the first episode was quite intense for me, and thank you for coming back again. This is truly a thrilling. I've been thinking all week about this second episode and what to talk about, and during this last week, I traveled quite a bit all across the Beautiful Midwestern part of the United States of America where I was fortunate enough to grow up, where my dad's family is from, and where most of my friends still live. I went to Ohio. I went to uh, Rochester, New York. Went to Michigan, a couple places. Uh, Even went to St. Louis, Missouri. Got a real nice uh, expansive tour of this region. Of the country and I just love it very much I don't really know how else to say it other than to say that I love it flying around driving around and also going around the rest of the world because as a rock and roll musician if you're not aware of that I am primarily a rock and roll musician a keyboard player and a singer and uh, because of that music I've gone to tour quite a bit playing live shows all around the world and as much as the places I've gone have been unique and different. I mean, Europe, Asia. I've never been to Africa. I have been to South America. Uh, I've been to Australia. Uh, I've been to New Zealand. I've been to a, a, a quite a large number of places and, and a quite diverse number of places. And I'm extraordinarily thankful for all that travel. And the one thing that was really occurring to me more than ever this most recent week of traveling was how similar all these places are. Not necessarily culturally, not even necessarily geographically in terms of the landscape or the natural atmosphere, and certainly not with the way people look or behave or the customs and things like that, more just sort of the same basic feeling. Now, of course, all these places are on the same planet, planet Earth. But it was this sense of, I don't mean to say this in a a mean way, but almost how plain everything was, how repetitive roads and cars and stores and trees and houses and animals, this sort of the same stuff everywhere. And there's something about the detachment uh, that you feel in an unfamiliar place where you really cannot relate to anything beyond the most superficial uh, visual aspects of what you're seeing, like a car. While you know it may be a different car company that's not available here in the U.S., it's still the same basic design: the four wheels and a place to sit inside and drive around. Even if it's driving on the opposite side of the street, there's this basic sense that the same stuff is sort of everywhere. And it even goes beyond human endeavors. It goes into nature. Now, there may be different types of animals, certainly in, a, in an exotic place like Australia. There's very special animals that don't exist elsewhere in the, in the world unless they're in zoos or uh, in captivity of some kind. But still, there's this basic sense that there's nature, there's trees, there's water, there's bugs, there's uh, flowers and grass and fields, there's mountains and hills, and something about traveling through all that in a detached state of mind, meaning I didn't go to these places specifically to see the trees and the grass and the animals, and I didn't really necessarily even go to these places to see the houses or even the people necessarily. I went to play my songs for people with the great hopes that people would come and and, and party with me at our concerts. But something about that detachment and just being able to look at all this stuff in this sort of passive state of mind, especially when you're moving, like when you're on a train or when you're looking out the window of a car, or perhaps best of all, when you're looking out the window of an airplane and you're not so high up in the air that you can't see uh, the ground, you're beneath the clouds, so you can actually see the whole planet spread out there beneath you, there's this feeling, and I really hope that you can relate to this. There's a feeling that what you're looking at is trying to tell you something. Like it's trying to say something to you about the world itself. Now, I wish I could explain it more than that. Sometimes these sensations are so particular that they really are just feelings that you can experience. They're quite difficult to communicate. I hope I can communicate this feeling clear enough that you, if you have felt it, uh, are aware of what I'm talking about here. It's like the world as a whole made up of all these individual pieces uh, is trying to tell you something about yourself, about life itself, about the world in a very subtle but very particular pointed way. Uh, Something about looking out at A city from an airplane and seeing this grid almost looks like a a pattern like a carpet or rather a rug an intricate rug pattern or like a pattern you might see on a a circuit board or something like that what is that it it feels like it's talking to you in a very bizarre way and I, I don't mean to get too abstract with this this was just the first thing that was on my mind since I last spoke with you And I wanted to see what you thought about this. It's almost as though nature and all of our own creations on top of nature, all of the the cities and houses, the the human element that we place on top of the natural world, which I do think also is a part of the natural world. But everything that human beings do, there's this slight, slight, I don't know the word, it's slightly skewed, from the rest of nature like we're slightly separated we're a part of it but we've been endowed with this ability to transform nature to manipulate it and i feel like nature itself like like it's trying to say something to us and also what we've created is trying to say something to us what is it trying to say that is the question perhaps it's not trying to say anything in particular other than to try to get us to notice it and think about it to be aware of it. Uh maybe that is the message. Maybe that that even these creations, whether they're mother nature's creations or our own creations as part of nature, maybe they're symbolic themselves. Maybe they maybe even nature is symbolic of some deeper truth, some deeper version of real life or reality. Now, believe me, I I'm already starting to get a slight headache just trying to describe these feelings. But I think there is something undeniable about the feeling of looking around at the world. It's very easy to get caught up in our day-to-day activities. You end up looking at screens all day long. You're looking at the road all day long. You're sort of in your own mind, looking through your own eyes all day long. Those moments when we can zoom out and an airplane is a great, great chance to do so. But even just looking out your window, And really looking beyond, not thinking about what you're seeing too much, certainly not thinking about what's in your mind too much, but just looking. What do you see? Better, yet, what do you feel? What do you hear? I think there's something very valuable in those moments, and we don't need to necessarily sum it all up, or pass judgment, or have an opinion, or even a real defined thought in those moments, but... Maybe there is some type of conversation going on between the world and our own selves in the world that if we just sort of zoom out, we can take it in from a larger, more meaningful perspective. There's lots of other stuff I want to talk with you about today, some things that I had never thought about before over this past week, and I'm very excited to see what you think about it. This is America. WK and my name is Andrew WK and this is a show about life I don't really have a particular agenda I'm not really promoting anything other than thinking about being alive to me that's pretty much the most interesting thing that I can think of thinking about and uh, I certainly hope that you relate it to it as well we'll be right back after these messages please don't go away this is America WK
0: America WK with Andrew WK on the Blaze Radio Network. king of partying invites you to a no-holds-barred celebration of being alive. This is America WK with Andrew WK.
1: All right, we're back. This is Andrew WK, and this is America WK. And before the break there, we were talking about the idea of the world trying to tell you something about itself, trying to tell you something about yourself. And i uh, I mean that in a very abstract way, and I also mean it in a very literal way. It's just the idea of trying to interpret your experiences in a way that is meaningful, sort of taking it even to the extreme that perhaps nothing that happens is an accident or a coincidence, or even if it is, what value, what insight, what meaning, what can we learn from it? What can we extract from everything that's happening to us? What significance is there in even the most trivial parts of our life. What can we do to make the most trivial parts of our life seem more meaningful? And that's especially handy mindset when you're facing great uh, challenge, great adversity, very painful experiences. The idea that there could be some hidden value, even if you can't immediately find it, having faith that there is some point, some purpose to even the most devastating moments of life, it gives you a strength or it's given me a strength to get through them. And again, I don't usually understand them as they're happening, but I I trust and I, I look for uh, the eventual understanding. And it might come years later. It might not even come at all in my lifetime. Uh, maybe someone else will find meaning in a challenge that I went through long after I'm gone. Maybe you'll find significance in something that someone else went through that they never found significance in. But that still counts. That still counts as meaning. Uh, That's still true purpose. We affect each other in ways that we don't even realize. I certainly hope that this show, this humble radio show is affecting something good for you. And if it is, I wanted to mention this because uh, since last week's episode, I, I did hear from some people that really related to what uh, I was thinking about and what we talked about, and some folks mentioned that they were very inspired. I uh, have had the pleasure, the privilege of being part of a lot of inspiration for for some folks, and uh, I certainly have been inspired myself well actually by this experience right now by hearing back from people uh, especially those that have been encouraging to me over the years, but in a in a different way. I've been part of, uh, been lucky enough to be part of a, a kind of inspiring feeling that's come from music. Again, I am traditionally just a rock and roll musician who has followed that rock and roll adventure into the uncharted uh, territory. At least for me, of talk radio, uh, never expected to be here, but uh, I, I turned myself over to this kind of path and allowed it to pull me here. Uh, But in in, in terms of music, there's definitely something undeniably uh, powerful about music itself. Really, no matter who made it or what their intention was for that music, there is a a truly magical force inside harmony, inside melody, inside rhythm that has the ability to change the way you feel, I would say, for the better almost across the board, I, even the most depressing, sad or angry music feels good. And with that being said, I, I always focused personally on making very, very cheerful rock and roll music, uh, music that I wanted to use to cheer myself up. I wanted to be able to play and perform and listen to it and, and feel electrified, feel energized in a good way uh, and hope that other folks would also get that feeling. And when people have come up to me throughout the years and said that they have when people have said they've gotten anything good out of any of my offerings uh it's obviously meant a great deal to me but what i've said to them more and what was more important than just saying you're welcome and thank you for being part of uh whatever i'm putting out there thank you for receiving it what was even more important was for me to remind them that the feeling of inspiration, that the feeling of power, that the feeling of excitement that they think that they're getting from, from my song or from something I'm saying or from anything that they like and find inspiring in the world, that feeling is coming from within them. It's coming from in us. It's coming from in you. It is not located in the song. It's located in you. The song may be a tool, a method a technique to bring it out, to bring it forth. But that power, that uh, energy, that resilience, that loving excitement that makes you feel good to be alive, that's inside you. And I always want people to take credit for that, that it is not because of something I've done, it's because of something they've done that they feel that way. It, it, It takes you to listen to something whether it's a song or a person it takes you to read a book it takes you to open yourself to any kind of outside uh feeling that would then draw that feeling outside of you so it's not only a two-way street i'd say it's actually not quite an even exchange i'd say it's much more uh you that should get the credit for, for feeling good, because that takes a, a great amount of faith, a great amount of trust. You put your time and energy and attention into something else to then have that thing hopefully draw out what was already in you. And that way, you're also not reliant on these outside elements, on people or places or songs uh, or books or ideas even to make you feel good. You realize more and more that that good feeling is located inside your own soul uh, and however you want to define that what that feeling is could be god it could be the human spirit it could be something completely unknowable and untang- intangible. part of me but it is something very familiar and very intimate and personal and uh i think about dumbo's magic feather the great movie great disney movie dumbo so many great uh, lessons in there. So many beautiful truths are illustrated in all of the Disney movies. And Dumbo is no exception. The magic feather, of course, was initially a tool, a way for Dumbo to uh, pull out the courage that was somewhere hidden deep inside of him and find this sense of confidence that allowed him to fly. And then, uh, fortunately, he realized that Uh, to his own initial terror that he wasn't going to have the feather forever. And yet he was still able to fly and that was something inside of him. So we must always remember that whatever we're encountering in the outside world, these are just little tools, little tricks, even little ways to find our way back into our own selves, back into where there is always this source of power. Uh, An infinite source of power, a resilience, an untapped amount of energy and potential that really we can only barely imagine. Uh, We can barely scratch the surface of probably what we're really truly capable of. The human being is a miraculous event. And the fact that you get to be one of these things, that I get to be one of these things, and that we get to figure out uh, what's really going on inside of us is the adventure of life. That's what we're celebrating here. That to me is what partying is all about. Celebrating the fact that we get to be a human being, that we've been given this chance. It's not necessarily easy, but who's to say that life is supposed to be easy? Perhaps the whole reason life isn't supposed to be easy is because that's what makes it satisfying, that that's what allows us to pull these things out from within ourselves. That's what allows us to rise up and push ourselves past what we otherwise would be, to grow, to expand, to realize our full potential. We'll be talking a bit more about that idea in relation to the concept of freedom, which is something I've been thinking about a lot this last week. Very excited to see what you think. This is America WK and I am your host and your friend, Andrew WK. We'll be right back.
0: A party for being alive. This is American WK with Andrew WK on the Blaze Radio Network. restoring your faith in humanity through the power of positive partying. This is America WK with Andrew WK. All right, we're back. I'm
1: Andrew WK. Thank you very much for being here on America WK. We were talking about inspiration, feeling motivated, and where we find those feelings. It seems like we find them outside. Something motivates us, something inspires us, something cheers us up we turn to a song, we turn to a friend, we turn to a a place, even a food, a a movie, a a book, an idea, a mindset. These are things inside of ourselves. These are methods on the outside world that we use to get deeper to the inside world inside ourselves where everything comes from ultimately and everything returns to ultimately. So how do we we pull out the best from within ourselves? And, And what are those moments that inspire us when we don't even expect it, when we're not even looking for it. How does that happen? We'll get into more of that later. Right now, I wanted to talk about freedom. This is a huge topic, obviously, and one that I am certainly not an expert on beyond just being a regular person who's fortunate enough to live in the United States of America where freedom is uh, designed to be an integral part of the experience but I've been thinking about it a little bit more recently because for the first time ever, I actually decided to think about it. I think it's such a huge concept and yet it is such a in your face version of our experience that it's often easy to overlook or certainly often easy to not necessarily think very much about what the word really means or what the concept even really means. Again, I'm not that educated on this, so I'm very curious to see what you think about this concept of freedom, I began to think about it very recently as not just how I used to think about it, which was doing what you want, doing what you want to do, because I realized that as much as we have freedom, we also do have laws. So this whole point of freedom being about doing what you want, when well, you can't really do what you want, I mean, I suppose you can, and then you suffer the consequences based on the laws or based on even the uh, natural laws, not necessarily the criminal or uh, civil laws that we have, but just the laws of the world in general, there's usually some kind of consequence to doing what you want for better or worse. So then I realized, so if you can't do just whatever you want and get away with it necessarily, maybe freedom is different. And there's this idea that freedom is the ability The freedom to do what we really should do, not necessarily just what we want to do, what we feel like doing, what is easiest to do, what is most appealing to do, what benefits us personally the most, but the chance to truly do what is right. And then the idea of liberty, another word that is often paired up with the word freedom that I've also not thought that much about, I'm not proud of that at all trying to think about it now, that liberty is the freedom to decide and learn for ourselves what is truly right. To not have rightness forced upon us, to not have rightness determined for us by someone else, but to figure it out for what it really is, to experience the truth of rightness and goodness as a phenomenon unto itself, as a reality. As real as the sky is blue and the grass is green, that we figure out what rightness is. That's what liberty is, to be able to figure it out. And then the freedom to enact that rightness, to live that rightness, to pursue that rightness, the freedom to do the right thing because you choose to do it. That's a huge mind-blowing thing for me. I had never thought about freedom as that. I really thought freedom was, okay, well, I have the freedom to basically not do very good things. Even if they don't break a criminal or civil law, or I can't necessarily get in immediate trouble with any, anybody, but I have the freedom to not be very nice if I want to, just to be kind of rude, not have very good manners, uh, just be a, a jerk. I have that freedom, and I am thankful for that freedom, and that is a, a great thing to be able to do, because you can't really make a law to have people be nice. Well, let's imagine if we did. Let's say it was illegal to not be nice. First of all, it would be very hard to enforce that because it is somewhat difficult to define niceness and it certainly would get uh, very exhausting very quickly to try to police niceness. But the idea is you really wouldn't want to try to make a law because you'd want the choice to be nice to arise from within ourselves, to do the right thing, not because we have to, but because it's the right thing to do. And to arrive at that conclusion completely on our own without someone forcing us to do it, without someone telling us to do it, but to get there on our own. And, and the freedom, again, to do wrong things, to not be very nice, for example, that might be the exact necessary experience in order to eventually realize that you do want to be nice and that that would be the right thing to do. But maybe you can't get to that clarity. Maybe you can't have that kind of revelation Until you've been not very nice. I certainly could relate to that. As I may have told you before, I'm someone who's really struggled with bad feelings, with every type of bad feeling, everything that you would identify as a lower feeling, as a lesser feeling, everything from not being nice, anger, strong dislikes and hatred, uh, just depression and darkness, wave after wave sort of a misanthropic passion for bleak thought. I really believed uh, at times in in my darkest moments that there was no point to life at all. But I had the freedom to think that. I had the freedom to explore that version of the world in myself as well, to to fathom the depths of my own bleakness, my own lowness to see how bad of a person I could be. I really explored it quite quite more than I ever imagined I would, and and certainly more than I would recommend anyone else doing so. But I came out the other end, having gone through it, with a real appreciation for good things. And I don't know personally if I ever would have gotten to that place had I not ventured so far into the darkness. But no one forced me to do it. I had the freedom to do it, and then I had the freedom to come back out my own way. I had the liberty to explore what it is to be a human being and then to try to piece it back together again towards something that is better than I would have done otherwise. You begin to resent the choices uh, of being good if you're forced to do them. It's kind of like a dress code. I had a good friend who's always been very well dressed, much better dressed than, than than I am. Very nice button down shirts, very nice dress pants, nice shoes, oftentimes wears a suit and tie. And, and no one is telling him to do this. He does this on his own. He doesn't have to even do it for his job. He just dresses very nicely. And one day he mentioned that when he was in high school, he, the high school he went to had a dress code and he had to actually wear more or less the same clothes he wears now. I said, oh, well, that must not have been so bad for you. Clearly, you, you like wearing those clothes. He said, well, I didn't like them back then. And I said, well, why? What do you mean? He said, well, I didn't like wearing those clothes when someone made me wear them. And he wore the same clothes, but it was the freedom to choose to wear them that allowed him to actually appreciate them. Maybe, yeah, maybe it was the nice thing to wear either way. But he wanted to decide that. He wanted to come up with that, that decision on his own through his own experience, through maybe wearing a bunch of really crummy clothes or or, or crappy clothes or crazy clothes. It finally dawned upon him that he actually liked wearing those clothes. But he, he got there on his own terms, through his own life, through his own experiments, his own adventure. And I don't see how freedom is really worth anything if you don't use it to learn about yourself and the world. It's not just so you can do whatever you want, it's so you can do whatever you want and get somewhere that means something. That's the best thing I think we can do with the great freedoms that we have here. Whatever freedoms and liberties we have here are to allow us to be better people, to be better than ourselves if we didn't have the freedom. Not to abuse the freedom, not to just take advantage of it to, to, to beat out other people or to sort of cheat the system of our own ethics, our own integrity, but to actually develop those integrities from the inside because we want to. This is America, Andrew W.K., and we'll be right back.
0: America W.K. With your host, Andrew W.K. On the Blaze Radio Network. with Andrew W.K. only on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, this is Andrew W.K.
1: You're back on America W.K. Thank you very much for being with me right now. Uh, I'm talking about concepts that are, for me personally, groundbreaking, uh, and so I'm very excited. I realize that for you, these may be very obvious, and I, I actually hope they are. I hope these are very obvious things to you. I'm a bit shocked at how fundamental some of these ideas are and how far away I was from understanding them. But all I can do is keep trying to learn and speaking with you about it definitely helps me uh, go over these ideas. Again, I I also don't claim to be an authority at all on any of this. These are ideas that are actually hard to be authorities on. I think the best that anyone can really do is, is just stay very thoughtful about them. And I'm trying to do that. So thank you for bearing with me as I ramble on this. But we're talking about this concept of freedom, concept of liberty, the the idea that freedom and liberty are words that are used a great deal. And I was discussing them in terms of liberty being the liberty to figure out for yourself what is truly good and right, how to truly live a good life, how to truly be a right, good person. And then freedom is the ability to actually live that way, using those values, using those insights, using the 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 adventures and the education that life a free life has given you so you can apply those highest ideals. And I was thinking about this idea in terms of business because this is certainly a place where I think we can all imagine situations in which less than idealistic choices have often been made. Uh, but this is a great place to apply these ideas because, again, we don't want to make laws to try to force people to be good. It really shouldn't have to work that way. It should be the exact opposite, really. I mean, we really shouldn't even have to have laws that you don't kill someone. That should just be a very naturally understood truth that we learn from our own existence. That being said, I guess we're not quite there yet. Uh, I can imagine an ideal version of society where someday there aren't laws because we're all here living in some kind of incredible divine harmony. But thinking about business, which certainly seems to be a place where almost the very definition for some people of business is how to get over someone else to win for yourself. Now, that is not the definition of business. And I've met plenty of people who have extraordinarily high levels of personal integrity and their business is based on those same principles and and operates actually sometimes at a much higher level, especially over the long term than someone who is simply trying to make as much money as they can by whatever means necessary. A place where I have seen this in very devastating ways is uh, New York City. And for many years, I have lived in New York City. Uh, Let's see now. I was moved there when I was 18 years old, and I'm 36 now. So that's, uh, well, that's 18 years, right? I can say that although the city had changed quite a bit from its most... Intense version, maybe, in, in, at least in the 20th century, in the 1970s and early 80s. It was starting to clean up by the time I got there in the mid to late 90s. And there was a lot of uh, sacrifices being made in order to make the city safer. And a lot of it was very admirable, uh, very impressive efforts, very extreme efforts, uh, very, very bold moves made to get these results, uh, the means to the end were almost whatever it took. And the results uh, spoke for themselves. I mean, literally a cleaned up city, sparkling clean. Now, what it seemed to have happened, and I'm not an expert on real estate, I'm not an expert on economics at all, but I've noticed just uh, there's prices that you pay for any, any decisions, any extreme decisions especially. And there are uh, shortcomings that seem to be the result of well, no other way to put it, and I, 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 I don't want to offend anyone, but there's been a lot of greed in New York City. And uh, unfortunately, what we're seeing is businesses that have been in families for many generations that were built from the ground up in the real tradition of hard work, dedication, loyalty, not within the business solely, but loyalty from the community. And then a landlord or a real estate tycoon will often come in, buy up a building, and take a business that has been in the building sometimes for 50, 60, 70, even 80 years, and in one fell swoop, take their rent from $10,000 or $20,000 a month and say, okay, the rent is now $150,000 a month, and that's it. That is the end of an entire way of life, an entire reality, and an entire world, forever. It's gone. Now, I understand it these things can get nostalgic. I'm not trying to get overly sentimental. Things change, especially in cities. They're very dynamic. But what if that landlord just decided not to do that? What if the ultimate goal of being a landlord wasn't to make as much money as you possibly can, no matter what? What if they took into consideration the lives of other people, what that place built what if they took into consideration what that place meant to the city about the feeling of living in a city where some place like that that has been around for 50 years can actually
0: exist none of that mattered because what was more important was getting a little bit more money this is america wk with andrew wk only on the blaze radio network This is a no-holds-barred celebration of being alive. America WK, with your friend and mine, Andrew WK, on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, sorry about that. We
1: had to take a break there as I was rambling on and on and on about greedy landlords. But here's the thing, and I want to make this very clear. I am not complaining about the landlord. It sounds like I am. I I actually feel like I am, but I don't want my thought to end there. I don't want to feel uh, judgmental about this because the landlord has every right to make as much money as they possibly can. It's hard for me to say that I wouldn't. Uh, I certainly understand if I was in that situation and someone said, "Okay, you can make a million dollars a year or you can make one hundred thousand dollars a year. If you make a million dollars a year, some things are going to be sacrificed, including people's lives uh, or ways of lives. Uh, The ways of business and uh, a lot of long-standing achievements will be eradicated. Or you can make $100,000 a year and those things can continue. What will it be? Well, these are obviously tricky choices for some people. But you can't make a law. That's what's not going to work. If you make a law, then there's no value in the person deciding it for themselves. They're just forced to. And it destroys the whole Ability of someone to pull out from within themselves a higher sense of purpose. For example, besides making money, that there could be something of more value in the situation that they're in, like preserving a way of life, like respecting the loyalty of an entire family who's built a business in this legendary city, that they could choose that from within themselves, not because it was imposed as a law, not because they had to, but because they decided to personally, based on their own integrity. That's where there's meaning. That's where we're actually achieving something with a sense of purpose. You can't force integrity. We have to learn it for ourselves. And it seems like maybe someday that landlord who is following greed will have something happen to them that will make them rethink those things. Maybe something will happen to them directly where someone else's greed affects them in a negative way. That seems often to be the case. Maybe they'll have something much more subtle occur, some type of deep inner spiritual experience that will entirely reorder their sense of priority. And that's what I think maybe the world is trying to tell us more and more. These subtle yet very particular signs and signals and calling out, crying out in all these different places in the world, not just in nature, not just in the environment, in all aspects of our experience, we are being asked to take the higher road, to pull out something from within ourselves that is a little bit harder, maybe a little less satisfying in one way, maybe a little less self-serving, a little less self-centered, but somehow a little bit more valuable and a little bit better. But we can't enforce that. You have to have the freedom to discover that on your own. And what an incredible adventure we get to go on. We get to discover these things for ourselves. It's very intense because you'd think, well, why shouldn't this should just be how the world is from the the get-go? God shouldn't have made it possible for us to do wrong. But what would be the point? What would be... The, the lesson, if we weren't able to choose and learn these things on our own, we have to be given the potential to do very poorly and then maybe even do very poorly so that we wind up doing better. I mean, that seems like a very, very righteous way for uh, the world to unfold through our own accord, figuring it out through lessons. I mean, We all know that if you're told not to touch a fire, that's one way to learn that it will burn you. But if you actually burn it, that's a much more meaningful lesson. When you reach your hand into a flame and you feel what happens, that is going to have a much deeper impact than someone telling you it's illegal to put your hand in a flame. We should be able to figure out life on our own because that's the way we get the most meaning out of life. That's the purpose of a human being, to unfold through experience, to grow through experience, to stay open enough And to be brave enough to go through those experiences so that we can grow. With that in mind, I mentioned this earlier, so I decided we should talk about it now. There's this idea of thoughtfulness. I'd like to think that most people are pretty thoughtful. But I wanted to really see what we could do with that idea, that concept of thoughtfulness and how far we could take it. And these are just, again, little experiments, almost little games that we can play, little mind games of thoughtfulness to see what it feels like. Sometimes it might feel bad, but that's okay because it's just thoughts. We're actually not going to do anything. We're not going to take any action at the moment. These are just thoughts. And again, I have a lot of time, it seems, on my hands to think during travel. I really encourage everyone to try to make some time in in, in their lives to travel. If you commute during the day, like driving to and from work uh, and and a regular routine, that is a precious time. I'm sure you've realized that. It can, of course, be very aggravating. Um, I always recommend leaving very early so you don't have to have that stressful feeling ruin this precious open time of travel. There's something very, i got to say, mystical uh, and mysterious about traveling. You're moving, first of all, you're moving your brain. You're moving your mind from one location to another. I realize this when I've been traveling around touring, going to play shows. Sometimes it's very extreme distances where I will fly from, let's say, New York City all the way to Japan and I'm actually not even playing a concert. Sometimes I'm just doing interviews or I'm doing TV shows. And at a first it seems like, okay, well, my work involves me going places and doing things. But what is it exactly that we're doing when we go somewhere? We're, of course, we might be using our whole body, we might be doing physical work, or in my case, sometimes performing. But the, 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 machine or the 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 means with which I can perform or use my body is my mind my brain so really I'm just transferring my brain around the world I'm we're moving our mind from one place to another in order for it to do whatever it's supposed to do in this new location there's something very particular about that I can't quite pin down why it seems so significant But in those moments of moving your mind from one place to another, there seems to be this great openness for thoughtfulness, this great opportunity to be thoughtful in a different way. I think it might have to do with being out of your element, being out of your environment, being a little less self-assured in a way that encourages open-mindedness. I feel like if you're at home, the same place you always are, there's a confidence that comes with that. There's a, a comfort level that comes with that. When you're traveling, especially when you're between places, those no-man zones, those no-man lands, weird open spaces like being on an airplane. Where are you exactly? You know, you're know, you not even on the earth. You're, you're in this capsule moving from one place to another, even in a car. You're not really any one place. You're moving. I mean, you're in the car but that's a location that in itself is moving. And so there's something about not being secure in your your place that allows this kind of open-mindedness to really take form. And I want to talk about thoughtfulness in, in those settings and encourage, again, any chance you have, even if you have to set aside the time. I mean, that's why people go on walks. If you ever like going on a walk, it, it really is powerful. But don't necessarily bring anything to do. Don't feel the need to... To tune in, even, of course, don't even listen to me. Have that quiet, open space where you just think about the world. You don't even need to think about particular stuff that's going on. There's a lot of times when I am traveling, of course, where I feel like I need to go over all the tasks I have and, and think about what I'm working on, think about this. But what if you just think about thinking? Think about life. Think about things you never really, normally n- never would think about. Think about parts of your own experience that maybe you haven't thought about in years or think about someone else's life. Imagine what it would be like to be someone else and really try to picture it. What would it smell like? What would it taste like? What would it look like to be some other person? Maybe someone else, you know, very nearby to you, some stranger just to try totally different kinds of thinking that have nothing to do with the way we normally use our mind uh, in a, in a, in a technical in a, in a technical way, in, a, in a, a useful way, in an applicable way, as a tool. Use your mind just as this amazing device that can do all these things, like think about thoughts that you don't normally think about. And then what kind of exercise is that? That, that gives your brain some kind of a workout so you can go back into your regular thinking with a new kind of vigor. This is America WK. We're partying. I'll be right back.
0: This is America WK featuring Andrew WK only on the blaze radio network. America WK with Andrew WK only on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, welcome back.
1: My name is Andrew WK. This is America WK. We are partying about life. We're partying about partying itself. Thank you so much. Sincerely, thank you very, very much for spending your time with me. On this program it's it's boggling to me this is happening to you and you are happening to me and I really just couldn't be more thankful I'm, I'm amazed that I'm getting to do this I gotta say I was really admittedly nervous about not just doing the show but about how people would respond and I'm, I'm not ashamed of that as much as we like to say don't care about what other people think I care very much what other people think uh, sometimes To my own detriment, perhaps, but I like to think that I can be strong enough to actually hear what other people say. And I can even be strong enough to hear people say things that I don't like. It's something I have to work on uh, every day, but it is one of my main pursuits to be open enough to not have to shut out really anybody else or any part of the world. I'm trying to shoot at least for being big enough to take in the entire experience of existence. I'm sure that we all are, in our own ways, trying to reach that level. And it may be impossible, but we're going for it. I must say, I really was completely surprised at how gracious, how supportive, how open-hearted, open-minded, and encouraging the large majority of people were uh, about me doing this show. That being said, there were some folks that were upset and not very supportive, but actually some of them had some very good points. I wasn't actually very surprised at that reaction. I was surprised that there wasn't more anger about me having this radio program. Some people were very, very upset. Uh, One young woman who I actually admire very much said that me doing this radio program was the worst thing that had happened to her since she was severely injured in a car accident many years ago. Uh, That was quite intense to hear. Uh, I was a bit disappointed to hear that. But I understood at the same time it was very challenging to her. Uh, I hope that someday she gives the show a listen and gets something out of it and sees that it's hopefully not as bad as the car accident. I would really, really have a hard time believing that any radio show could ever be as bad as a car accident. But you never know. And either way, each each person is allowed to have their opinion, including thinking that everything I'm talking about right now is worse than a car accident. Um, there were also people that I, I, again, never would have expected to be interacting with. And that perhaps has been the most exciting thing for me. Uh, a sense of the world really coming together. One gentleman wrote in and pointed out that, He made a great observation, great insight that it wasn't that the world is so big and it's this incredible, huge place to explore and that we should do our best to get along so we can really appreciate how vast the world is. He pointed out that the world is actually quite small and getting smaller every day, especially through uh, technology, but also through our understanding, through our learning, through our revealing of the world to ourselves it is getting smaller which makes it as he said even more crucial that we find a way to live together in this small ever shrinking earth it, there is a pressure that uh, that seems to be palpable uh urging us to figure that out so i just wanted to say thank you again uh i'm just overwhelmed and overjoyed to have this opportunity. I take it extraordinarily seriously in the best way. But the, the main thing I take seriously is having fun. And I really do think the most fun thing about being alive is getting to think about being alive because it's something you can actually apply immediately. You can't help but apply it. It's not just learning about some distant Uh, experience that never happens it's the thing you're actually doing right at that moment at every moment there just becomes this undeniable screaming pulse in the back of your head that being alive is the most interesting thing that's ever going to happen to you so you might as well get into it and it just so happens that it's a really interesting uh, incredible thing in fact Pretty much everything about life is about life. Every great mind, every great human endeavor has somehow related to this phenomenon, to this sensation, this feeling of being alive. I mean, if we think about it really, I mean, science, for example, is trying to understand the mechanics of this experience called being alive. Music is trying to create a a a harmonic representation of this sensation of being alive. Artwork, visual art, is trying to create a visual representation of this truth, this sensation of existence. Uh, Religion is the worship, the incredible worship of this experience, and on and on and on. The human experience itself, perhaps, is an illustration of this experience of existence. That human beings are this incredible creation that defines and symbolizes life itself in the best way. Now, of course, that's easy for us to say, for me to say, because I am a human. It's always nice to uh, have humans be the number one thing, especially when you are one. I always thought that was a bit weird that we always ordered, that most institutions ordered life just conveniently placing humans at the very top. I'm actually not going to really argue that. I've thought different ways about it over the years, but you got to admit that it is rather funny. We have no idea what animals are thinking. There, there's no way for us to have any conception of what consciousness is like to an animal. There's certain animals, of course, that we can relate to or we can think that we relate to a little bit more closely, like a dog where we can imagine maybe what they're feeling or how they're viewing the world. But who knows? You put your brain inside a dog or see the, the world through a dog's eyes, it could be like the most intense horror movie psychedelic trip you'd ever had. Uh, you can't even imagine what a tree might look like to a dog. Actually, I can't even imagine what a tree might look like to you. I put my brain into, in your head, I might shut down in five seconds, I'd be so overwhelmed. It's a very strange thing to try to imagine what the world looks like to anybody else. We're each enclosed in our own little version of the world. And yet we are able to, to a large degree, get along without really knowing what anyone else is thinking about anything. I mean, that should give us some kind of hope. It can't be that hard. It can't be that bad. We've gotten along pretty good. Considering how intense it is just to exist, just to be alive at all is completely overwhelming. In fact, I think most of our energy, most of our efforts, for better or worse, possibly for worse, has gone to trying to mellow out the overwhelming, blaring intensity of just existing, the roaring, blinding, coarse pulse of life. Is very intense. So it only makes sense that you try to temper that with some distraction, with some distance, with some uh, illusion, with some surface to try to get away from how over the top, overwhelming it is. And in any aspect that we try to penetrate of life instantly becomes pretty hardcore pretty quick whether you're thinking about outer space the vastness of the universe the intricacies of the human body how the mind works what the heck it is even going on in our brain it's all very intense and this is getting pretty intense this is america wk
0: and we'll be right back please don't go anywhere a party for being alive this is america wk with andrew wk on the blaze radio network The king of partying himself, your friend and mine, Andrew W.K.
1: All right, and I am back. This is Andrew W.K. Thank you so much again for listening. This is my second ever episode of America W.K. And this whole program, this whole America W.K. experience is my first radio show or podcast or any type of program. I'm very thankful. Very, very thankful to you. For being here uh, and being part of it. And we're going to keep it going and growing as best we can. It is a work in progress as we go, but I am really enjoying it. It's just something I never imagined I would, I would ever get to do. Uh, And Getting to talk and think with you about life is a privilege. I wanted to tell you something I announced several days ago about the show, about the way this show works. The advertising on this show certainly does generate money. And the share of that money that goes to me, meaning the money that I make from this radio program, it all gets donated. I decided to donate 100% of the money that I make to families, American families with children who are not doing so well health wise. I noticed I was getting over the years just being a person who's out and about as a rock and roll singer. You put yourself out there, and sometimes people would come to me with situations they were in, oftentimes just asking for a friendly person to listen to their situation, uh, to talk about life, talk about troubles. And that was something I could easily help with, just uh, being a friend to, to talk with. But sometimes, and more recently, sometimes these problems have gotten bigger and they've gotten more intense. And when those problems involve young people, I felt very helpless because this was something that I couldn't, couldn't do much about. It felt like, at least. I mean, you can listen to how a child is sick all you want, and you can talk to the child who is sick all you want, and that is worth a lot in itself, but in those situations, having money to give to someone, it's the right thing to do, and so I just decided that uh, all the money that I make from this show, this America WK, will be donated every month to a family that could use some help with their medical bills especially when there's kids involved, uh, because it just seems it just feels like what I'm supposed to do. I can't really put it any other way. It's uh, it's the best kind of decision you don't have to think about. It's just the obvious choice. So with that being said, uh, I asked for folks to send in. uh, I was hoping for links, recommendations, people maybe that already had a fundraising site set up for their family. But I've gotten an incredible amount of submissions, and the way I'm figuring it out as I go, but the way I was planning on doing it was uh, donating a whole month's worth of money. Now, I have no idea how much that will be. I've never done a radio show before. I've never done a podcast like this where money is generated through advertising. But however much it is or however much it it isn't, all of it will go to uh, an individual family each month. And I decided that would be better than each week, so it's a little bit more significant amount of money, but each month so we can still try to get to as many families as possible. So uh, with that in mind, too, please, if you have a family in need, if you are a family in need, please don't hesitate to contact me, uh, andrewwk.com. You can write to the email address in there or go to twitter.com slash andrewwk, that's A N. D-R-E-W-W-K, a tweet to me. You can also email the email address in my bio on Twitter.com or Facebook, any of these sites, all the main websites uh, out there I have uh, with my name at the end, Facebook.com slash Andrew WK. But uh, I want to thank you because you listening obviously contributes to whatever money uh, we're able to give And that means a lot to me and certainly will mean a lot to whoever receives it. So thank you for that. Uh, With that in mind, too, we're talking about thoughtfulness. And I wanted to get deeper into it. We were talking about the state of mind, the thoughtful state of mind that arises during travel, that arises during movement from one place to another, where there's not anything really particular to do except move. Now, if you're someone who's... Going on long drives, and I'm certainly someone who's done that a great, great deal, really long drives on tour. I mean, we're talking 16-hour drives. Sometimes having a bus driver on our tour bus will have two bus drivers so they can do nonstop 24-hour drives without taking any any break except to get fuel. And those are long drives. I've driven myself, of course, uh, very long drives in all types of other vehicles from cars to vans and To, of course, tour buses. And they all have a similar quality of seeing that road laid out in front of you and seeing what's approaching. And if you have a a certain point of view, I certainly remember as a younger person looking out the back of cars when we would sit in the trunk space or the back space of a station wagon, looking uh, from whence you came. Very different effect. But also just looking to the side at what is passing by. Not seeing what's coming up. Not seeing really what uh, you left behind but just seeing what is right there that seems to be the closest to the feeling of being in the present seeing what's right out in front of you uh, as it's there and you can't really see that far ahead because it's passing by so it feels the most like time to me that's why I love trains there's really something very special about riding on a train Uh, Especially when you have the option to drive or to fly, but you choose the train instead. Sometimes it actually costs even more money than flying. I've noticed that recently. I'm not sure if you've noticed that. Sometimes it would be cheaper for me to fly to a place than take the train. But I'll sometimes take the train just because it's the train. It's, It's special. It really is something very special. And even when you walk through the train cars and you see the other people on the train with you, there's this sense of a shared experience there that I don't really get from being on an airplane uh, or even on a bus. Uh, It's that these folks also chose to take the train. Now, of course, if it's a commuter train, it might not quite have uh, that special of a feeling or this particular feeling that I'm mentioning. Although there's a sense of shared solidarity with people that are commuting every day on the same train, even even if you don't talk to each other that frequently, but you recognize familiar faces These are all opportunities to go into different states of mind, to to try on thinking that we don't normally try on, like a pair of clothes. And this is not meant to disrespect anyone's thinking or uh, the mode of thought that we traditionally engage in, just like I wouldn't disrespect the style of clothing that anyone wears. But the mind is flexible enough to try on different ways of thinking just to see what they feel like. They might feel terrible. You might put on a new pair of clothes, some totally radical style that you would not normally wear. And maybe it's just that. It's a crazy style that you wouldn't wear. It feels weird. It feels awkward. Or maybe there's something in there that makes sense, that clicks, that you relate to in a way that you didn't expect. Or maybe it shows you that your mindset is more flexible than you thought it was, that it actually isn't you. I mean, I I have a lot of friends and certainly myself where... For Oftentimes, we identify who we are by how we're dressing, what clothes we wear, that it relates very closely to who we really think we are. Actually, it doesn't really have very much to do at all with who we really are, with what we really are. And that's not just because it's easy to put on different clothes. It's just because it doesn't really have much to do with what's ultimately going on. And I think that thought itself might be similarly flexible. Not the same, but certainly uh, able to be experimented with, able to be altered, able to be tailored. You can try on someone else's clothes. Hey, I tried on Glenn Beck's clothes. He let me wear his jacket in the photo shoot we did. I don't know if those photos ever were shown. Uh, but he even tried on my clothes. This is true. This is a true fact. This actually happened. And his jacket fit very nicely. I must say it was a beautiful jacket. Uh, It it was something that he had tailor-made, and it really fit. It fit me quite well. I never would have expected Glenn Beck's clothes to fit me well or to even enjoy wearing them. I'm a jean and T-shirts guy through and through. Uh, Filthy jeans and T-shirts, filthy white jeans and T-shirts. And here I was wearing a blue blazer, and it actually was a very interesting experience. Can you do that with thought, with mindsets, with ways of looking at the world and not sacrifice your own Integrity, your own true inner self. That's something to think about. This is America WK. I'll be right back.
0: America WK with Andrew WK, the undisputed king of partying. On the Blaze Radio Network. America WK with Andrew WK. Welcome back. Thank you very
1: much for being with me. My name is Andrew W.K., and we are in America W.K. And we were talking about thoughtfulness, trying on different types of thoughts, like you might try on a different jacket or a different pair of socks, and to have this flexibility in your own thoughts. And that it's not to lose track of yourself. It's actually to find yourself to find a deeper version of yourself that isn't bound up so much in thought or opinion so sometimes again like I like to do it on traveling trips while moving through space uh, on a plane or a train or even when you're driving a meditative space where you can just think for the fun of it think of some idea think of some situation uh, whether it's a personal situation or perhaps even better yet a global situation a life situation doesn't have to be an event It could be a concept. It could be the idea of trees. You could think about the idea of animals. Any basic idea. And then think, well, what do I think about that? And then start to break that thought down. Why do I think that way? What has happened in my life that has led to me thinking it that way? Now, move through that quickly and think about it as though you were someone totally different. And be gracious. Be honest. Be sincere. And try to really see it A completely opposite way. If you were some other person, how would you think about that and why? And then think about it yet another way. And then just let the whole thing go. And you don't even need, at that moment at least, to rest on one definitive thought. You can come back to it later and form some kind of concrete belief or some finishing point with it. But also just enjoy thinking about things without having to really decide anything. Not every situation or experience needs our ironclad decision. In fact, we might get to a better ultimate decision if we don't make ones quite so quickly or make a few and then choose the best one a little bit later to be patient with our thoughts, to enjoy thinking, not to enjoy thinking just so we can figure it out and be done with thinking, but to enjoy thinking as a perpetual, enjoyable experience unto itself. Through that process, we're going to find out a lot more than if we just figure it all out and be done with it. That's what I was thinking about. And that's been very challenging for me, like anybody else. You know, I've really struggled with snap judgments. That's probably been one of my greatest downfalls. Talking about clothes, I mean, clothes specifically is something that I've used for a long time to, to feel like I had other people figured out. I would look at their shoes, I'd look at their shirt and say, okay, I bet I can tell where this guy's coming from in fact I wouldn't even bet I would say I know where this guy's coming from I got him all figured out I know what he's into I know what he likes what he doesn't like probably know his, his life story just from this pair of shoes and unfortunately sometimes I was right and boy oh boy was that a bad thing because that just really boosted my confidence and just encouraged me to make even more snap judgments I got so tired of making SAP judgments like this, so exhausted by this kind of pressure that came from having to carry this weight of knowing everything and really believing that I did know that I started deciding to force myself to not know. And even if I did think I had someone figured out based on something as trivial and superficial uh, as their clothing, I would start to think, well, maybe, maybe they're wearing those clothes just to trick me just to make me think what I'm thinking right now, just to make me have a snap judgment. Maybe they're more advanced than I could ever dream. Maybe they've got things figured out that I couldn't even ever figure out even if I wanted to. I started to give people the benefit of the doubt that they knew more than I did. And then I should assume nothing about them based on anything that I encountered, even based on their behavior. Maybe they were having a bad day. Maybe the person I thought was a total jerk because they seemed crabby. Maybe something really horrible had just happened to them. Give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe something really intense was going on that that caused them to look the way they looked or to be wearing what they were wearing. Maybe I should cut them some slack. Maybe I should cut everybody a little bit more slack and be a little bit harder on myself just some ideas about thinking this has really been a great pleasure for me i hope that you relate to it i hope that you can feel like we're thinking about the same things and please tell me what you would like to talk about next time this is just just the beginning who knows how we're going to unfold this this radio program what kind of things we're going to do we really get to do whatever we want because the blaze that's the main thing about this show they said i could do whatever i want and In case you couldn't tell, that's exactly what's happening. We're making it up as we go along. But I'm doing it with you, and the fact that you're here doing it with me, it means the world to me. It really, really does. So please, take these ideas, apply them. Perhaps you've already thought all these things. Perhaps you're in the midst of ideas that I can't even imagine and have never even considered before. And I look forward to hearing them. And I look forward to applying them to continue celebrating this chance we have to be alive and to try to make the most out of it. To try to be better than we were before, even just a little bit every day. That's partying. This has been America WK. Thank you and see you next time.
0: A party for being alive. This is America WK with Andrew WK. On the Blaze Radio Network.